We recording? I don't hear myself. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, I do. Hello, hello. Oh, I hear myself. Hello, hello. Oh, I hear myself, myself smacking. Okay. Daddy smacking. Did you play it back and do all that shit? So you ready, ready? So I can start talking and we done. So you probably don't want to eat. Shit. Then we probably don't want to like record. Oh, man, that won't be a problem. Oh, oh, the dagger through my heart. <laughs> he just said. That won't be a problem. Don't worry about As that. As though sex that. is not an object of our marriage that pains me. It just wipes my whole <laughs> penis sucking ordeal that I did last week out the window. <laughs> I gave head and it doesn't even matter now. It does. Well, how long do I get then? How long of a, like, if I give head or if I have sex, how many days do I have before it's an issue? Uh, like, three, I have to give it again. Three days. Three, that's, three days, two days. Oh, she put up two fingers. I thought she was saying three two days. days. Three days. That is a short window. I don't think so. I really want to know how often married married couples have sex. I really do want to know that. Well, I asked somebody that, and somebody said that a good a good number is three times a week. A good, who who was that? Who did you ask? I'm not naming names. I'm just well, telling no. You they that. have to have some type of relevance in my life for me to be like, oh, all right, three times. I feel you. Three it's, times a week. I a heard good, it from. It's a good friend of ours. It's a good nah. I'm telling you, ain't no good friend of mine spitting that type of information it's out. A good, it's a good friend of ours. Well, I just, I guess, I would like to know. They're what, good friends of ours. I would like to know what is a healthy sex life. A healthy sex life is three days a week. That's I don't, you. I don't think you can say it like as if you're working out. Like you know, you know what <laughs> I mean. At least that. you run three times a week. But, you probably have a good heart. If like, you think about it, sex is just that. Sex is no different than working out. Sex is no different than getting up and going to work. Sex is no different than reading a book. It's an activity that nurtures the soul. Oh man. I want to thank our sponsor, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. If you look at any action that we do, any action, I mean, when you think about even kissing or coming together, hugging, all these things are signs of affection and encouragement. And these are things that assure the, your partner and it's nurturing for maybe well, not your personal soul, but I think it is to an extent nurturing your personal soul, but it's definitely nurturing the relationship. Well, I could see that. I could see that. But I, I just don't know why it has to be like three times a week. Well, that's As just... As if it runs that's out a number, That's a number that I was given, but, you know, I'm, I'm What do not you believe? That, what is that considered I would be fine healthy? with once a week. Would be as if that's not the case right now. Didn't we have sex twice last week? I need credit. I needed to like get an overflow into this week. Well, I'll tell or you something. what. What we can do is because that start, was two times. We last can start week. marking it on a calendar. 
<laughs> if you want to say two times last week, then what we could say is it was two times for the month. <laughs> the month ain't over yet, though. It's still it's October. Not. Right. We have about a week left. Maybe you, are you two. Trying, no, this, this I'm isn't simply, encouraging me. I, listen, I'm simply, you ask questions, I'm answering them. You ask what is a good time frame. I All right, said, y'all. What up, what up? <laughs> it's your girl Kelly on Kelly Talks. And as you can tell by the conversation you've heard thus far is that I am on the air with my husband today. What up, baby? Hi, honey. <laughs> and we are talking about marriage. That is a conversation. I've actually been pondering this in my brain of trying to figure out a way that he and I can work together more often, um, especially since he's home full time now because he... I don't want to say home full time, but he no longer works a corporate job. He walked away so that he can focus strictly on his entrepreneurial endeavors, which is super exciting. Um, and I want us to work together more. So I'm thinking of a segment, actually, that I'll start using on my podcast once a month, maybe twice a month. Who knows? It depends on how popular it is. But we're going to be chatting about marriage. And um, I think it's a, I think it's super important right now because people don't value marriage like they used to. Like, it's undervalued. I I don't know what I don't know if I can say that with true conviction because I don't know I don't have any numbers. Like I don't know if the percentage uh, of divorce is higher or lower than lower than it was fifty years ago or what. But I I, I don't I don't have numbers either. But um, I could say that amongst our the people that we do know are the circle that we hang out with or just the people we know within our networks. We're not friends with a lot of married people. Yeah. Um, and the people that I do know that are married, um, I hear a lot of struggle. Um, there are some happily married people, don't get me wrong. And I think that, you know, everyone has their own little secrets on how they stay married. But a lot of the men that I talk to, you know, and I'm going to hear those conversations probably before you would. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of men, you know, aren't necessarily happy in their marriage, you know, that I know. Now, I don't talk to a lot of the women, but I also have a lot of single women friend or a lot of female friends that are also single, you know, that have been in long-term relationships and they go by the wayside or whatever, but there just seems to be less value in marriage and, and everything. But I also see, you see the, the birth rates also declining. So I think, I think the, or the teen, younger, younger mothers, right? You see more, you see women in general, and I think that this is true. I don't have the numbers to support it, but I do. I think that the women in general are having babies later in life, and there's right. a lot more focus on your personal development and your career. Um, I think we're kind of hitting that era again. Wow. Yeah. So I guess that era initially was what, 60s, 70s for uh, women? After the women's movement, maybe early 80s? Yeah, I would probably say... I just named Possibly. three decades. I, yeah, I just named three. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly, but I mean, I'm just speaking for now. You know, I see that a lot of women, a lot of people are people in general. There seems to be a lot more focus on self development or just self career things of that nature. Money. I'm starting to realize too. Um, the more and more, I, well, I guess it could be. I feel like when you're in a certain arena, right, or when you're looking for something, you tend to find more things like that just because you're looking for it. So the type of self-development I've been into recently has been a lot about like intuitive and self and, you know, not really about collective, but more of the independent becoming interdependent, you know, how you have to 
become solely focused on what you're doing before you can intertwine with people. So it's almost as if the people in their younger ages or in their 20s are doing that first now. Mm. Like, but our, I feel like people, our married couples in our age range did that after they got married, which is what I feel caused a lot of attention too because you marry one person and then that person starts to work on themselves for change and that become a completely different relationship. Or one person is working on themselves and the other person isn't, which is where a lot of the marriages fail as well because that's not going to work if you have somebody that's not willing to grow. Yeah, I, I think Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think a lot of people are... Um, I think in general, people always have a tendency to change just in life. Yeah. Right? That's just in general. So even if somebody gets married at 30, by the time they're 40, they might have gone through two different metamorphoses, right? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I guess my question for you is what would be considered a happy marriage? Because you're saying that a lot of your friends are saying that they're not happy or there is either we, are, we have a lot of single friends now. So what ideally would be a happy marriage that would help couples stay together longer? What what would your idea of that be? I mean, I sh- I'm sure you don't know because we've only been together for as long as we've been together. But. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think if I was to reflect on our marriage, I think what has made our, what is now making our marriage a happier marriage, and because it wasn't always that, um, what is making our marriage a happier marriage is that We've both taken an opportunity. I mean, we, we've dealt with a lot, you know, from the time we met till, I mean, now. But, and, and I don't think, I think when I say that we've dealt with a lot, we've dealt with a lot of the external issues. And we've allowed those external issues, and those external issues could have derived from before we even met, to kind of dictate our own personal um, interpretations of of life, of marriage, of the people that are around us. And sometimes those interpretations are false, right? And and those are false senses based on our own internalized kind of um, ideas that we may have come, you know, that we may have adopted uh, during these during these times. You know, so you know one thing that is helping us today is that uh, you, you know, you know, if I were to use our marriage as the example, you a year, a little over a year ago, made a decision to start working on a lot of self-development in a different way. I mean, you've always been into self-development and uh, whatever else you want to call it, self-help. Yeah. Right. You've always been into that. But this is you, you've taken a so different exciting. path over the last <laughs> year. Right. Which is the meditation, the writing and things that actually took a lot more habit forming traits rather than just reading a book. Right. You started to work on a lifestyle. Right. Which is get up every morning, meditate, meditate in the evening, write every single day. Right. And you've done that, cons- you know, cons- consistently for over a year, which is a huge accomplishment. And that influenced me to want to say, hey, you know, maybe this self-help, not necessarily self-help, but more spiritual growth and development actually works. works. Right? I've seen my wife kind of transform and evolve into the woman that she is today who a year and a half ago 
you know, is not the same person. And in fact, a year and a half ago, she probably got on my nerves a lot, lot more. <laughs> right. But that's my own issue. But at the same time, it was watching that growth. And it's something that I shunned away for a while. Right. And that was pride. That was my ego that would shun something like that away. And you've heard me even say ah, self-help books. Ah, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm not I don't need any self-help, you know, but in fact, we all do. You know, we all got, always got to continually grow within ourselves. So um, watching your growth convinced me to want to focus on my growth and kind of just realizing that the way that I was thinking, it was it was hurting people um, unconsciously. I had no idea. Right. I had no idea that I was hurting the people around me, including including our daughters, you, you know, because we, we think it's in their best interest. But the whole time we're realizing that we're trying to change our external surroundings and that's not possible. Right. The only thing we can change is ourselves and how we see in our perceptions. And so I think what is really when I look at our marriage today versus a year ago, I mean, it's a completely different outlook on it. You know, and today when I look at our marriage it's it's a it's kind of the icing on top, right? You know, and, and I've spent the rest of the, I've spent a good amount of time and I'm still doing it and I'm nowhere near where you are, right? But I've spent a good amount of time on focusing in on healing myself. Not I don't want to say healing, but it is in a sense, right? And it's kind of finding out who I am, finding out what I value and focusing in on that and then you know, what are, we, what are we talking about in the car? You know, it's, it's healing the soul, right? It's focusing on the soul versus the personality. That's where I spent the greater wow. part of my life smoke, focusing in on my personality versus focusing in on my soul. Yeah. And it's because of that where I look at my marriage today, and I wouldn't trade it in for the world, right? As where a Aww, year ago, honey. you know, I can easily say, oh, I'm not happy because she doesn't do this. I'm not happy because we don't have enough sex. I'm not happy because whatever, right? I mean, these are all... Well, is that that's probably the, the, the thing that's making marriages unhappy then, is the complaining of what the other person is doing versus what I could be doing to make this better. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. It's, it's the focus on self versus the focus on the other person, mm-hmm. right? It's me focusing in on myself and how do I contribute to this marriage? How did I contribute to that argument? You but know? isn't that hard? That's so hard to do sometimes because you really do think like this person is the reason why this is this way. Like it's a part of our brain that really does think like I, I feel like that's almost like a muscle that has to be worked to train you not to blame the other person. You know, you know? it's hard until you realize until until you have that epiphany moment that it's not the other person. Yeah, absolutely. Once you have that epiphany moment that it's not everyone around you, mm-hmm. that it's you. Yep. That's when it becomes extremely easy, right? So today, when I'm having a negative thought towards about somebody or something, an incident, you know, that negative thought is there and that's habitual. But I'm also trying to form the habit of eliminating that a negative thought and realizing that it's not it, right? What can I do? And focusing in on myself. And I do that re- religiously with our marriage now, um, you know, especially when I reflect on, our, you know, little small arguments we might have, you know, right. and, and when anytime I find myself saying, she just made me so, no, she didn't make me mad. You know, I got mad, you know, and kind of reminding myself of, you know, 
what's my role and staying staying very um, cognizant of, you know, kind of how I'm thinking about those types of things. Yeah. Yeah, because we got it very well. I would, I would have to say early in our marriage, you know, we were both just participating in oblivion, I want to say. Like, it was no real true connection of... It was almost like an extended dating experience. You know what I mean? It didn't become like a marriage marriage until we started going through like some heavy issues and started realizing how much like that we're connected to each other. Like, oh, wait a minute. This shit is really going down. And I got this whole other person to think about. You know what I'm saying? In the middle of this shit going down. I can't just be like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do me. Like, that's not even a concept that should cross your mind once you have kids and once you get married. Yeah, and, and you, you've heard me say many times, you know, and especially as of late, that once you become a, a father, that's your priority. And then once you become a husband, that's got to be a priority. All these other things around us, you know, whether, you know, we want to take on the role of our profession or we want to take on the role of whatever, whoever we think we are, right? All that stuff becomes third, fourth, fifth down the line, but... Your, your role as a husband and your role as a father. I mean, outside of your role of your you know, focusing on, on self-love, right? right? I mean, that, that's obviously always the primary. But as far as how you relate to the external world and what you're going to prioritize in the external world, you know, it does have to be that, that husband or that father and or that father. Because if you don't make that, if you don't make that the priority... Well, what, you know, what ends up happening is, is you're not a unit, you know, you don't act, you don't function as a unit, Yeah. you know, and I, and I truly believe that the minute you get married, your, your, your individual self. Now, I don't mean this from a standpoint of, you know, self-help or self-care or anything like that, but I'm just saying your ego, right? Your individual, your external self is no longer an external self. You are now the husband of, you have to act as a unit. And if you don't act like a unit, then... You know, if the husband's just going to work saying, well, I pay, I make the money, I, you know, you know, I pay the bills, you mm-hmm. cook dinner, you do this, you know, and now that there's these rigid dividing lines, you know, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be structure in the house. I'm just saying that when there's that rigidness, because I hear a lot of guys, you know, that I used to work with say, you know, my wife, you know, my wife is complaining about that she has to be at home. Well, come and get this order then. Well, come and do this, right? Come and get this paycheck then, you know, earn that. Well, no, you guys have kind of became a unit. Right. You can't act like she's not doing her part. I wonder if it's more so is that like in the beginning of a lot of relationships, women will sometimes play the back role, right? They'll play that submissive, okay, all right, okay, kind of attitude. And then at a certain level, you get to a point where you're like, nah, I'm tired of just okaying it. And then that's when it becomes a problem for the husband. Well, these are, the example I just gave there are older people that have yeah, been married. Yeah, right? that's, that's the structure that I see in, in this country, you know, and that's, I think that in a, lot, in a lot of cases, and I'm not, we don't have the perfect formula for marriage by any stretch. Oh, no. You know, but <laughs> the, thing, the, the errors that I see that, that I've made is the errors that I've made in our marriage is I've put my career, I've put bills, finances, I've put ego, um, 
social status. I put all this stuff in front of my marriage because these were all the things that were important to me before I got married, right? Because before we got married, all I had to do was worry about my daughter, right? And I said, okay, great. I could be a great father, right? But I'm going to go out here and make a lot of money. I'm going to work 13 hours a day, whatever it is, right? I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm going to go out to the clubs because in the social scene, I need to be seen and all this other stuff, right? So there's all these different things that I put in front of, you know, my even myself. But then when I got into a marriage, I tried to continue a lot of those things. And it, yeah, but you did a great job at adjusting, I think. I feel like when we got married, you did a great job at becoming more f- home-centered. And you still hung out, but... Yeah, but I mean, what I mean is, is that the desire to go out was still there. Was still there. Yeah, that's a right. Yeah. And and I'm and, and then I'm that speaking, becomes a conflict within a, yourself. Yeah, I'm not like, speaking about necessarily my actions. I'm talking about what was I committed to. Yeah. Right. What did I prioritize? And the fact is, is that I did not prioritize our marriage. Right. Right. And I think that that's where a lot of people have a hard time is because. They're not, they don't prioritize their marriage. They prioritize themselves. Which is interesting because it's like what, if, if you're not balanced or you're not together, quote unquote, to be with somebody else in a marriage setting, it's like how long do you wait before you get with somebody? Because I don't think you're ever done working on you. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean? Like as a, as a person, right? Somebody, somebody might be like, I don't want to get into a marriage because if I get into a marriage, I'm not ready to prioritize the marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to stop focusing on me to start focusing on us. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like forever, forever, ever, you're always going to have a primary focus on self. Oh, excuse me. You're going to have a primary focus on self first, then It'll become an us. So if that person, how long do you wait to get married or how long do you date, I guess, before you realize that you'll never be at a point where I'm fully together. Now I can do an us. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a concrete answer for that. What I can tell you is this, though, um, from where I stand, it's just like the decision to leave corporate America. What did I want to do with my days? You know, and it just, I was making a lot of money, but it just didn't feel right being in an office eight hours a day, right? It didn't feel right being, you know, tied to something. It was kind of like I was looking in the future and I was thinking to myself, okay, 10, 15 years from now, what do I want to be, what, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. And how do I want that life to look? And so when, and I, that's when I left and said, I want to be, there's, I would like to create my own things. I don't want to con- spend the rest of my life building. Now, I use that as the entry point to talk about, you know, marriage. When I look at my life as I can easily have been single with raising a single daughter, I mean, be, being a single father raising a daughter and been, have all the money in the world, be able to travel a ton, probably have really nice cars, really nice places, all these things, right? Because I'm not, you know, spending the money on a family of four. I'm spending the money on a family of two. But when I look at marriage and the, what I value in marriage and why I think it's so important to be, for me to be married is because when I look at 20 years from now, 30 years from now, right? And I'm not saying that far, but I'm just saying when I look at the process that a marriage has to go through, 
and the appreciation that you have. And then when you look at it, when I'm 50 years old, you know, well, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to share, you know, 20 years of history with someone and to know that you went through that process with that person. Because just like anything, everything is about process and everything is about developing different habits and learning and getting better. Well, marriage operates the same way as an individual does. So the question is, how soon do you want to start that process? Right. Because a marriage is going to take a lot of work and there's going to be some shitty moments. Right. And there's going to be some shitty moments that are going to make you want to break away from it. Right. But see, I've left three jobs over the last five years. (coughs) And every time I left that job, I had to start over again. I had to start new habits. I had to reinvent the process. Well, guess what? I don't want to do that with my marriage, right? Yeah. I don't want to be a person out here that has to relearn somebody eight different times, right? Or three times or even two times. I want to go through that process with my wife. And 30 years from now, I want us to know that we've worked through all those kinks. Or hell, five years from now, we've worked through those kinks. We've worked through that those habits. Not saying we're not going to run into other issues because there's still a lot of other life-changing events that are going to happen, right? Illnesses, deaths. Um, who knows what else is going to hit us, right? Ooh, I've been doing a lot of attraction. I ain't accepting none of those. But go ahead. <laughs> I mean, those are in, those are inevitable, right? To to to, to think that is not is not going to happen would be you know would be kind of like living in a dream world, right? I'm a but, dream liver. <laughs> well, I am too, but I'm also realistic. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that we're going to get hit with other things. But if we develop that process together, right, which we've been doing, then I think that just like an individual person will become a professional and become an expert at that field that they're in. The married couple that goes through so much like we went through, we went through, you're right, we went through a death of a daughter. We went through an infidelity moment. We went through, a, you know, arguing and just a bunch of stuff. And, um, yeah. you know, you go through that and you work through those moments and you learn from those mistakes just like anybody, right? Because when you form a marriage, it's just like another being is born. It just consists of two people versus one. Yeah. You get better and better and better. And how beautiful is it when you're 20 years later, 30 years later, and it's just, it's just, it's like retirement, right? Yeah. Or even 10 years later, it's like retirement. Yeah, it just depends. I think the length of time it takes to get there just depends on how hard each individual is willing to work. So, and you, I just say, when I say 20, 30 years, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not saying that it takes that long to get there. I'm saying that as I reflect back at my 80-year-old self, my 70-year-old self reflecting back, right? My 60-year-old self reflecting back. That's a beautiful thing for me to think of, right? It's just, it's no different than when you've formed your craft and you look back and say, man, I started here 10 years ago. I was here. Wow, it's so beautiful, that process, right? Well, I think the same thing for marriage. Yeah, and a great thing about that is that you have the capacity to still feel that way and think like that, even in today's time where everything is so instantaneous. And it's like, what feels good now is what is. And if it doesn't feel good, then I need to move on. Because this isn't, you know, in relationships, I feel like it just, it's so easy to walk away because there's so much exposure to so much shit that you think is endless possibilities to have that beautifulness with someone without having to actually go through the process of creating it. Yeah, I, that's a good point, right? Because there's a lot of options out there, right? You got Tinder, Facebook, and, you know, it's just very easy. Instagram, It's very DM. easy to get found and very easy <laughs> to, you know. But the problem with 
that I don't want to say problem to each his own, but for me, the problem would be that I'm continually going down. I'm, I'm starting from square one every single time. And the fact of the matter is that there's nobody out here that's perfect for anybody. Right. You know, I mean, there's, I, I, I don't want to say that there's no such thing as soulmates, right? I think that to an extent that there, there is to an extent, but I also believe that people are going to get what they work for. Yeah. Right. There's no, there's no such thing as the perfect job. It's what are you going to put your time into? What are you choosing to put your time into? Right. If you choose to be a sales rep, you know, for your entire life, and that's what you want to dedicate your life to, then by all means, go do it, right? That's what I did for 15 years. I did IT sales, and I just realized that that's not what I want to do with the rest of my life. I can't see myself doing that, right? So I right. want to be a photographer. I'd rather do photography. I'd rather create things, right? And, you know, when you look at your marriage, yes, I can be single and live a decent life, single, but what do I want to do with my life? I want to grow with somebody and and that has proven to be very beneficial for me. I guess people got to get past a point of even, I guess, a pe- I don't want to say get past a point. They have to get to a point where they even realize the potential in that in growing with somebody. Because sometimes I feel like people are so caught up in their immediate day-to-day mundane bullshit that they are not looking for like, oh, I love this person so much that I can get here with them in 10 years instead they're thinking like I wasn't loved by my mother it's hard for me to love women Mm. you know what I'm saying I wasn't my dad never hugged me I'm not that kind of guy you know what I'm saying like you're so stuck on your labels and what you think you can't do as an individual that it's hard for you to even get to a point where you can say oh my god 20 years with this person is gonna be amazing that's like more of an optimistic way of thinking about it yes yeah it probably is an optimistic way I mean I'm a very optimistic person um, you know, but I, th- I think that, it, you know, anyone, yeah, I, I don't know where, when the right person, I don't know if there's such a thing as the right time, right? I don't know. I, I think that just like anything, it's just about jumping in and doing it and committing to it. Because just in certain cultures, you have, you know, guys that get married in their 20s, it's going to happen no matter what. This is just culturally how it works, right? And then you got... Well, culturally, it's still external. Yeah, no, no, no. I understand. I'm saying though, you have culturally, you have guys mm-hmm. that get married at a young age, and that's just what it is. And then you have other cultures, like for instance, the black culture. You have a lot of men that are in their, you know, mid 30s, early 40s, 50s, even that have never been married, never willing to commit, never willing to take that step to do. And it's like, how do you? That has to be something deeper than just them not ready. You know what I mean? Because well, no, I mean, I think, that's, I think it's two of the same thing, right? There's not ready, and then there's the reasons why, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I... I <clears throat> that makes sense. That, that, that takes probably a longer conversation to get into when you, when you mention the black community. But, you know, but if I was to talk about it in, in, in a general sense... You know, I think you also have to look at are those people, are those cultures that are getting married at 20 years old, you know, how happy are they? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's hard to tell because culture helps kind of cultures, being part of a culture helps shape your your thought process and how you, you know, how you process information, right? So you very well could be happy because it's part of that culture. 
you know, yeah. me, I, I wasn't grown, I didn't grow up with a lot of religion, any religion. Um, I didn't grow up with my ethnic culture. You know, my parents just didn't do that, right? We, you know, I marched to, I've, I've never been very close with my, you know, with my own culture, which would be Chinese and Japanese. Um, you know, so I don't know, you know, if culturally, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, was just kind of out here figuring stuff out, you yeah. know, so. Which almost makes it, I think, greater for you, more exciting for you, because you start, you kind of starting at a blank slate where you get to pick and choose what you want. But I guess really not, not really either. No, because I mean, you yeah, kinda, I was raised around a certain type of people, so you did get some influences. I, I wouldn't say that I would. I pick and choose. I mean, I, it was just the influence, right? It just kind of what I got, you know, what I was kind of raised around. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I really hope that, you know, I love uh, spending time with married couples, but I do have a lot of friends that are single, and it's like. You know, it, it's so difficult to try to give marriage advice because you don't know where a person is in their journey, right? And to try to help them work through a relationship in order to get married or to try to help them stay married or to um, encourage marriage even. Because marriage is nothing but, you know, just a title. It's just like, oh, this is... But you got couples that have been together for a very long time that have never gotten married that are very happy. I guess what I would more so want to see or have happen is just more spiritual couples come together and have that connection where now you and I, right, can go and spend time with these couples and get that same empowerment, that same energy from spending time with them versus going out with our single friends. Like you say, you got single friends that's, that want to hit the boat and on some solo shit, not, like not really thinking from a more couple standpoint and that makes it hard because you have that influence of these people that you love and then you have this influence of like the married community that you will prefer to be more engulfed in but you still have these single friends that was a long cycle yeah. around the corner to get to my point but <laughs> um which I don't even know if my point was clear. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, what was your point? It was just me talk, me, me basically saying that I, I would wish for mo- more couples to take that time, right, to really grow on a deeper level so that we have more spiritually, sp- spiritually bonded people to spend our time with. Because we do have good friends that I love to be around, but they are single. And some of my single friends, I just can't kick it with like that anymore. They just don't have the same energy. They don't have the same priorities. They don't care about the same shit. They sit and nag or gossip about bullshit that is menial, that doesn't really have any purpose for the for the deeper meaning of our existence is just it's, it's, it's pointless chatter and it's like but they and at the same time I have to respect that about them because those same friends may not have kids right they just don't have the same responsibilities that I've had to adapt and deal with in my lifetime so it's like I can't even be mad at them for being who they are that's just who they are yeah I mean I think just that's I mean if you just look at where we are in our life um, you know, we're we're getting close to. I'm getting close to forty. You're getting I was close to. Say, you're, watch close, you're closer to thirty-five, but still. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I mean, we've had two life-altering experiences, right? And that's having a child and getting married. 
And just like I stated before, once you have that child, your priority is being a father or a mother, right? Once you get married, your priority is being a husband or a wife. And you have to let go of, you have to almost, I don't want to say lose yourself. You have to lose, but you do have to lose some of those personality traits. On the, you have to lose a lot of your external self. And I'm not going to say lose, but you have to shift it, right? And you have to refocus it to what's really, what really matters and what's real. And the love that two people share in a marriage or in a relationship, and you're right, it, it is just a title. It's about what are you going to commit to? And that's just like anything in life. What are you going to commit to, right? You hear rappers talk about it all the time. What are you going to live for, right? What are you going to die for, right? You hear, I, I just heard a track. I was listening to the new future album with somebody. Um, and, you know, he's like, you know, I, I died for my brother. And there was a time when I would have died for my friends probably, right? But that's because I didn't have a, I wasn't a husband and I wasn't a father. But right. today I would die for my family. I would die for my, my I would live and die for my, my daughters and my wife. Right. I guess I'll just keep talking since she went to the bathroom. If you're recording this, Lisa, when you, I don't know if you're the one that's going to be chopping this thing up, but she was wiggling her legs and she really, really had to go to the bathroom really bad. So now I'm just in this really cool studio by myself. Guess I'll take some selfies since I'm here. Oh, somebody's in here. All right, y'all, if y'all heard me bust out the door. <laughs> y'all heard me bust out the door all of a sudden while he was in the middle of his comment. That's because I had to pee. All right, y'all. Um, yeah, so the marriage talk has been very interesting. It has. This is, you know, I love talking to my husband just about different ideas and just because we think so differently about a lot of stuff, but we also think alike about a lot of stuff. And we're learning how to communicate within ourselves and within our marriage Um and it's fun to do these kind of things because a lot of times we will be saying the same thing but opposing each other. <laughs> and it's just interesting to see how communication works because I bet it's a lot of couples out there that unknowingly do that to each other as well. Um, so it's been it's been a cool exploration uh, between he and I throughout this little journey of figuring out communication in our marriage. Um, and I've had fun talking to him about marriage today. And hopefully we can keep this this going like once a month and I want to do more themed. I think I'm going to theme it a little bit more so we know exactly what particular topic of marriage we're talking about, certain things that go on in marriage. There's so much that happens within a marriage, um, so many different layers from household responsibilities to financial obligations to emotional commitments to, you know, who's just more responsible for the children. Nowadays, you really never know because you know, you have stay-at-home fathers that are doing it all and mothers who make the majority of the money. Like, times are changing. And these are interesting subjects, uh, especially within households of people that are married. Um, and there's a few people that are single that might get a lot out of these conversations, too, because it's just very interesting shit. So that has been my podcast today, guys. I want to thank my husband so very much for coming on. Thank you, honey. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for all of your input and... Uh, 
yeah, I'm going to definitely have him back, guys, because we're going to talk more about this. This episode is coming out October 24th, uh, and on that very same day, I'm at Top 10 Tuesdays at the Laugh Factory. Uh, on the 25th, I am at Best of Chicago Stand Up at the Laugh Factory. 26th, I am at Tuxedo Cat at Beauty Bar, and that same day on the 26th, I'm at the Best of Chicago Stand Up at the Laugh Factory. And on the 28th, I am at Laugh Factory twice, both 8 and 10 p.m. for jokes planning. And on the 29th, I am at the Best of Sh- I'm at the Laugh Factory until November. First, so November second, actually. So just come to the Laugh Factory every night and watch me because I'm there until November second. And if you're in Milwaukee, Milwaukee, remember that I will be at Joker's Comedy Club on the third and the fourth. So please come out and check your girl out. We're gonna be telling jokes. We're gonna be making up shit. We're gonna be. I'm not gonna be make. I don't know why I said that. I'm not gonna be making up shit. I'm just gonna be telling stories. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really exciting. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love my listeners. You guys are amazing. Please rate and share. Um, yeah, and I'll check in next week. I'm out. I want to thank our sponsor, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both.